All right, so uh, this episode of uh, Detroit International, we're going to be getting into some some heavy themes. Uh, we're going to be talking about things that you know may affect some and may not be for others. So this is just a warning before you listen to this episode. Um, you know, enter at your own risk. Hey, how y'all doing? It's your host, Wolf Brown here. As always, I'm here with my co-host, Marcus Cook. And we got a little deep segment we about to hop into today. In light of today's things we got going on, just aside from the COVID-19, we got a little sub-problems going on. And we was going to delve into the African relations in the world, primarily China. But also we got like some culture in Europe dating back to our Moorish times and over and covert racism. Yeah, so, uh, you know, today's episode, we're going to call this uh, Hidden in Plain Sight. Mm. Um, we're going to get into a couple of um, things of how, you know, people are treated and how things are hidden. Um, and then when things happen, uh, people are shocked. But if you really pay attention, things are um, basically hidden in plain sight. What's going on? It's a, it's a couple of subplots. That's not really getting the attention that it needs. You I agree. I, mean? I agree. hundred percent. I agree. hundred percent right there. So, and, man, how did you go ahead, man? Hey, man. So I was going to say, man, you know, amidst this whole COVID-19 thing, we know this is just a phase the world going through. But I think we uh, have to get a leg out in front of this if we want to call ourselves men and leaders. And as far as our people go, how are are people getting treated, you know, because we we got the whole, yeah, we black men in America, but I think that we, we got a broader horizon of where we come from, the respect to the motherland, and how some brothers, brothers of ours is getting treated, you know, far away. Yeah, and you know, and the, you know, the thing is funny to me is, you know, how something starts somewhere, right? So, um, mm. you know, it it started in China or whatever. It started in what's uh, uh what's that area? Uh, Busan. Wuhan. Wuhan. Oh 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 oh. See there you go. Correction. Oh, oh Wuhan. So it started there, right? And you know it it didn't start with the Africans there, but they're they're facing all the blame for yeah. uh, the spread, which is yeah. confusing to me. Yeah. And I was I was as I was looking at it. They were saying how, like, it was funny how because China was the country that was at one point, and we talking about maybe a week ago, two weeks ago, they were the ones saying that we had the shit under control, or, or and there's no new cases. You know what I'm saying? Which I figured to be a lie from China, master manipulators that they are. But in China, they were taking Africans from their homes. And also denying them services at certain fast food restaurants, such as McDonald's, where a lot of Africans wouldn't even dine in anyway. But you see, know, you know the crazy part to me, it, it goes a little deeper. Um, you know, if you look at you know China in a whole, um, I don't know if you heard about when they're shipping off the fake fish. Mm. Like, like basically, this kind of falls into the hidden in plain sight. Like they were taking towels. And putting gelatin on it and having people forming it into fish and selling it and like fake rice and stuff like that. So, oh, shit. I'm, you, you know, I'm not saying it in like, you know, like me coming at them in a racist type of way. I'm just saying, like, if you if you're sending off fake food, right, and you're able to, you know, fool people, you're able to fool people with, you know your racist tendencies and then you know trying to hide it like it's there you know and these kind of conversations make people uncomfortable um i mean they would they would you know but it has to be it has to be brought to the light and you know people try to you know dive these conversations but it's thrown in our face every day if you look at even more evidence from china where they had the museum uh they had a museum where they're putting like you know, black people on display right next to animals and go say some, oh, this is our evolution. Like, and, you know, they got like a a, a tiger, you know, growling and got a, a black kid, 
right space next to it. Like why? And this is one. It was more. It was one of the most popular museums of that year. It was like 2018. This came out. Oh yeah, correct and me if I'm wrong. No, no, you're absolutely right. I remember seeing it when it had came out in 2018. And there's also the fact where me and you had talked about this on the phone uh, before we decided to do this air. And I went back and researched it. And believe it or not, the Chinese had tried to legitimize at first their reason behind doing it. You right. know, it came off as really condescending because they were trying to say, well, what you have here is black people came first in the motherland and we trying to show uh the the, the connection. Right. And and in of that, it kind of it kind of says that well, you knew what you was doing, and the number one thing you could have did was thought an African on it, but you didn't go that route. You know what I'm saying? You took it yourself. CNN had to confront you on it. And then all of a sudden now is, oh, now we'll go back and we'll augment the story. But see, oh my God, and that's the thing I hate, right? So things happen and then people want to apologize. And 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 and, and, and uh, this is from anybody. I'm not just saying anybody in particular, but we're kind of going over everything. But something happens Um, and I don't want to go off topic, but I want to get this out here. You remember the the white chick who who was going to Africa and she was like, oh, I don't want to catch AIDS, right? Mm. And she hopped on a flight. By the time she got to Africa, she was fired from her job. But see, the thing about all this, these things happen, but people, attention span are so short. A couple months later, she got her job back. Like, she she's working again. Dime Imus called the girls nappy at her hoes. Oh, A couple yeah. months later, oh, so he gets hired again and gets more money. So, you know, these things happen and, and, and people just, you know, they 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 end up sometimes even better off from where they were because now they have these people that's this this whole covert, you know, yeah. people feeling the way they want to feel yeah. under the, little, the surface. The, little, the publicity brought them some PR. Right. But man, man, like to jump back into the China thing. Even with their New Year celebrations, if you look up the Chinese, uh, like Met Gala, they mm. have they have Chinese people in blackface, right? So they had these people in blackface, and then basically the Africans thanking them for you know saving Africa to bringing commerce there mm. and to you know allowing them to be in their country. It's it's just it's like sickening to where. You know that stuff. There is so it's so commonplace. Oh, that is. If you say something, yeah. Like, you know that's really gutter, it, but crazy. That's really gutter, but right. of them. And but look, the thing is, like how you just said, like bringing commerce there. That is what Africa is doing for the world, but in specifically China, because as I was, I was, I was doing a little research yesterday, and I saw where um the you have like the Africans that are in China, the ones we just discussed, they're over there, but they're like over there for a reason. And that's because right. uh, there is a, uh, a trade between governments, between China and Africa, in which Chinese are in Africa building infrastructure, but at the same time, they're mining for resources, and they're allowing the Africans to go to school in China, in which you know they can study and bring that back to their homeland. I, you know, when I was in the Navy, I did a couple of Liberty trips in China. I think I hit China two or three times. Um, and you will see that there's actually some Africans in China who own, like, not, le- uh, well, I guess you could call it legit. Well, I don't know. They own, like, brothels and strip clubs. You know what I'm saying? But you don't see them owning, like, no real estate, no electric oh, companies. You know what I mean? And see, you know, so you see behind that, right? Yeah. So, you know, and like, it's always somebody standing behind them. Like, they're like the front man. So they're like, well, we're going to put this filth in our neighborhoods, right? But we're going to put somebody else on in front to be the, oh, it's only here because of him. Not knowing, you know, such and such is owning it behind the scenes. And then you kind of see the same thing in Japan when you go into 
towards the red light districts in Tokyo, you got a lot of the, you know, Africans that own yep. these places, but it's not really ran by them. They're kind of like the figurehead. Right. But they don't have any real, you know, uh, power when it comes to the business and they, they ain't making no major changes is what I'm trying to say. Bro, and you know, I think that like China in of itself is really an economic bully when it comes to yeah yeah they are when it comes to like um uh 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 a country's like wealth and if you look at even america when you say a country like america you like well they 20 23 trillion dollars in debt well you think that when you're in debt you have to be indebted to someone and that 23 mm. trillion dollars in debt that america is is owed to china but see oh man um um, I seen like the debt clock, and it's so crazy. It breaks down. Like if you get a chance, like Google the U.S. debt clock. It breaks it like it's it's constantly changing of where the money going, and, and I'm guessing with all these stimulus checks going out, it's probably changing a lot more. Mm-hmm. But yeah, get a chance, like check that out. It's it's very interesting. But go ahead, brother. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to. And like with China being that economic bully, I think that the first person that they would go to would be like a place where they could get something for nothing. You know, we could get some resources in exchange for some manpower, which we don't really care about. Because China got like a, a I think it's like this, the world's second largest population where they just like man, man hours and man work is nothing to them. China could send some workers to your country, as many workers that would fill a small city and bring over some mining equipment, take all that mining equipment and and ship that out to another country and gain profit from it. And- yeah, but see, but see, you know, China's so crazy. Like they even started banning people from, you know, like having kids. Yeah, There's so many people over there. So yeah, you know, like just like you said, like workers in abundance. That's why they wanted to get the factories coming, going on because that's where everybody go build. You know, every you know major company once they get you know to a certain level where they want to make more profit. Then you know money they actually put in they they send a places or or they send a companies overseas because it's a lot cheaper mm-hmm. cheaper labor and yeah, you know yeah they, yeah they're able to evade taxes when they can when they can do that you know what I'm saying right but but who better to pull it and but like, but China and and to be honest with you a lot of times let's let's step a little let's step a little off the let's step a little off the China throat it ain't even just China because. Believe it or not, and you know this, at one point in time, there was there was a section of Europe, Europe, that was controlled and ruled by Africans. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And they was called the Moors. And what the thing was, the Moors, as they was in Europe, primarily Spain at the time, the Moorish culture incorporated algebra, bathing, preserving food, and and like kind of like what you would call a predecessor to like um a cultural religious living. And over time, the the Moors, these Africans living in Europe, was pushed out. Now and then, and hold on, and then that's when the story changed. Yeah. So, you know, like, that kind of got, you know, faded with history. Um, but now, you know, the story there has became um, something in mostly, you know, Dutch, the Netherlands, uh, this figure called Black Pete, something else you can look it up. Everything we say, you can just, you know, Google yourself and, you know, find your own, mm-hmm. you know, story within that. Um, but yeah, the Black Pete character is basically a Lamor, you know, not not Lamor, but a more, um, and just changed the story. It's 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 crazy to how, you know, this black person and for people to try to make an excuse for him being black is saying, oh, he's he was Santa Claus helper. That's why he had all these gifts. <clears throat> and the reason why he's black is because he jumps up and down the chimneys. That's soot on his body. That's not actually his skin. And you know, people people in these places still celebrate this to this day in Europe. Now it's people that's trying to stop these things, 
But, you know, it's like with anything. Once something new happens, people are so uh, just like like their mind is taking off things quickly. It's just like it's like a fast food society we live in with everything, with news, with media. Right. It's just it's it's going quickly. But this whole Black Pete thing is interesting. So, you know, they uh, attached him to uh, Jolly Old St. Nick. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, St. Nicholas. And it's like, it's crazy. So you have these people every year around the holidays in these European countries, they dress up in blackface, they put on big red lips and just run around like it's cool. Yeah. And the thing was, like, uh, and, and for all my listeners, I, I urge y'all to go Google Black Pete because we just not making this up. We had actually saw this and this is the actual thing. And you know what? You know, hold on, hold on. And deeper than that, I was actually um, around that area then. Like, that's when I first found out about it. I was actually there wow. during a festival and I had a wow. girl run up on me like, Black Peter. I'm like, Black Peter, what the? Wow. You know what I'm saying? And and I, I'm sitting there being surrounded and I'm thinking it's for, you know, oh, okay, they didn't see a black guy before. Go ahead, get your looks in. But then when I, you know, sat down later and once I really figured out what was happening, I was pissed. I mean, so what she had to say for herself? I mean, well, I mean, how no, did she, know, how did she, you know what I mean? Because you, I, no, I, I, that, if that was your first time dealing with it, you didn't know what Black Pete was at the time. Right. I mean, how did she break it down? No, she didn't break it down. She said Black Peter, like, touched my face and then ran off. Oh, because it was normalized to them. Right. Mm. And I see, I see. And, and that's the funny part of the world is like, you, you know, here's how funny the world is and how, and this is why the Black Peak thing has been normalized for so long. They've been doing this since, well, I mean, it's a religious holiday to them as Christmas is. And so it carried on since Christmas was, but we got to figure this is a, you know, this is, a, this is almost a BC thing. And at the time of like the, the inception of religion, people still thought, People thought the earth was flat up until Galileo, Galilee, and Nicholas Copernicus came along and introduced the laws of gravity, and it was Galileo who said the earth is round. Pope wanted to kill for that. So the ignorance will carry on. But they have to know for certain. And, and if it's Dutch, this is in like Holland, Amsterdam, Germany, um, and, and, and places like that, probably even a little bit of Switzerland. They have to know. They ain't no niggas in your country. So why the fuck you got this talking about some soot shit? You know what I'm saying? Like why Santa Claus right. ain't black? He don't go down the chimney with him? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and it's, it's wild because it's, it's the way ignorance carries on with them. Like, But see, like, this is how they try to twist it. So, you know, Black Pete's supposed to have been like the, like Santa Claus is top helper. So he's kind of, you, you can pretty much call him the overseers and he'll send the other ones down the chimney, like like the history is kind of twisted. Some of the history says Black Pete was like a former helper and he worked his way up to the top helper mm. or whatever. Mm. <laughs> but it's crazy. It's it's crazy like because it it like it basically mirrors slavery. Yeah, yeah. Because you can you, you it, the, if you put them side by side. Oh hell yeah. There there's the era of servitude there. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? There is the era of servitude right. and and Wow, man. Because, you know, the thing, even though I like we talked about this, I had Googled a little bit. I even want to go read more back on the culture because actually we we get into like what you would have like overt racism and like covert racism. And I'm not cool with either. But that 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 is a sign of like over racism that like where they have right. it. And it's it, it's so widely accepted that. We cool with it, and it's is is religion. We cool with it because Let's we see. do it every year, right? And oh man, um, and you know, you also got places like Australia. We have the Aboriginal people just like pushed out. Mm. Um, you know, they kind of like like they forced to the mountains and they forced to the the outer reaches of Australia to the point to where you know they not even considered. 
are like they 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 just got considered citizens. I want to say it was two thousand eight, and then in nineteen eighty eight they came out with the uh, you know the National Sorry Day, but they're still forcing them further and further away. It's kind of like the hey we sorry, but still get the fuck out the way. Yo. And you know what's funny about that? It's like when you in Australia, you don't even see Aboriginal people in the big cities. You have to take a trip out of the city life to see like Aborigines there in, in a land that was theirs before Europeans brought their asses over there, you know? So now you're going to come and you're going to basically squat in another motherfucker's country and kind of like pass it off as yours. And it's like, wow. And you want to know the crazy part is, and you know, and this is kind of stuff people don't want to believe, but we live in a world where, where we say survival of the fittest, right? Mm-hmm. And in the midst of this game, people are going to use whatever tools they can to be the fittest. So not only are you trying to show yourself being stronger, it's a lot of psychological warfare that's at play as well. Because no, no, let's be real. Like if I'm a you know a white guy or 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 if I'm Japanese or whatever, I'm going to play off what's out there to tear you down. Mm. And and like the covert game is so cold. You can even think about, you know, some of the things we have, like, in America. Like, um, you know, we got, like, the like like the children's songs. So, you got the any, meeny, mighty, mo song, mm-hmm. right? The 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 real meaning behind that, I'm going to sing a little bit of it now. You know, it's any, meeny, mighty, mo, uh, uh, fucking uh, catch a tiger by his toe. If, if you hide, let him go. The original song is any, meeny, mighty, mo. Uh, catch a nigga by the toe. Wow, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, you got that right. Then you got the five little monkeys, five little monkeys jumping on the bed. The original is five little niggas jumping on the bed. Like, wow. it's just, it's, it, and it's, it's, it's so many more. Bro. Those are just the two I'm gonna say, but almost, and then it's so, it's so crazy, like the covert nature, because even to this day. And, you know, I'm not going to lie. My kid was singing this about a year ago. Then I had to kind of like, but that's it's, it's there. So, like, if he's not watching that, what is he watching? Wow. So it's, it's changed. It don't, you know. It, and then, wow, bro. And it's funny because it don't get more covert than that. With that at, at that point, it's ingrained in our, like, come on. Like, these childhood songs that they have us ingrained. singing in kindergarten. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Then I used to sing yeah. that. I remember as a kid. I got memories of me singing that. Bro. You know what I'm saying? I, I didn't think one time I jumped on a bed and sung it. How, how ironic <laughs> is that? Yo, that is covered. <laughs> Man, and when you sent me the video of the, um, I think it was on Hot 9, I said you sent me the video and they was talking about how the ice cream truck song um, goes, um, you know, uh, uh, what is it? Was that the nigga won a watermelon? Ha 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 ha. Yeah, and it's like, bro. But see, but see, look, I'm gonna tell you the wildest part about that, right? The song was made by Columbia Records, right? Columbia Records, yeah. Right. So they still making a profit off that today. That was in 1916. They still getting Oh, money. hold up, bro. So that song is, is licensed out, bro. bro. It's on every... So whoever whoever owns the rights to this little piece of racism is a billionaire somewhere. Bro. And then that's what people say, like... Go ahead, brother. I, I was about to go on the tangent. Bro, first off, that's sick as hell because we talking about Columbia Records and this the same Columbia Records that signed Nas and Lauren Hill. Yeah, I'm fucked up. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> what the f- That's covert racism slapping you in the face and taunting. It's taunting you now. And, and see, you know, and then, you know, and I know, you know, people people want to say, you know, um, like uh, detractors of why, you know, black people should get reparations and things like that. 
you know, and 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 I'm not about to sit here and compare uh, people's struggles or like you know people's hardships. But the Native Americans got their reparations, right? Oh, they yeah, they you got know, a form got, of it. Yeah, they do. They got their own land. So like, I lived in Fallon, to where you know the natives they have their land, but then they actually own like the town. They own the movie theater. They own the casinos, and they got a way of getting their revenue back. But see. I think America don't want too many people to actually, you know, take up hold and then rise up. But see, I think the crazy thing is people don't realize, and I think me and you talked about this before, you know, black people are like stepping stones for other races. And we have been, yeah. We have been. So if you so if you break down Detroit and you know, like I said, me and you been from east to the west and overseas, right? So we've seen a full scope of this. Um, you got the the, the Coney Islands, uh, which is a, a restaurant in Detroit where you go get some cold-ass Coney dogs. But let me get back on something. <laughs> um, <laughs> we say that. That, that. that ain't no lie. <laughs> <laughs> but, man, you got, the, you got the gas stations. You got the grocery stores. And I'm coming up. Nothing. I think we only have one African-owned gas station. Right, and then he he ended up selling. He got out, but the thing is, and people want to wonder why, you know, black people might feel something like some type of way. We're being attacked so many different ways that other people may not realize. Mm. Right, and then I'm gonna tell you something recently that happened to me. So I live in the suburbs of San Diego. I live in a nice, nice community. Like it's a gated community I live right. in. Right. And I'm going to tell you the difference between the inner city and the suburbs right here. With this, this, this one quick story. Mm-hmm. I just had a package delivered from Amazon. Right. right? It, got to, it got to my porch. Somebody came up, ripped my package open, and then tossed it in the bushes by the house. Didn't take anything. Didn't take anything. Just opened it and tossed it to the side. Damn. At least, at least in the inner city, It'd have been just taken and somebody would have used it or whatever. But they just opened my package and I came outside. You know, I went and talked to the neighbor and his kids. Man, he's like, "Oh, my kids been outside all day, but they ain't see nothing." Mm. So you know, and then he was saying, "Oh yeah, well, me and the other neighbors, we grab each other's packages and bring them in the house." Mm. So I'm sitting there like, "Well, if y'all seen my package outside, y'all could have been like, hey, Marcus, you grabbed your package.'" But no, you know what I'm saying? I was like, cool. He's like, well, you know, we, we can get you on our, you know, list if you want to. And I'm like, nah, I'm just going to start sending my stuff to the Amazon lockers. But it, it's just the fact that mm. I was mad that it was stolen, right? I was mad that it was stolen. It was stolen. Cool. But the fact that somebody took the time to sit there and rip my stuff open and then just tossed it into the bushes, like, I was I was irate. I'm like, why? Wow. Because it's probably a person that's like, eh. Whatever, I don't need none of that. I got that. But, you know, I'd rather you steal it than discard it. And, you know, given what's going on, I, you know, hit Amazon up, so I'm not able to, because they, they don't have any customer service right, right now. But it's crazy. Like, I've been sitting on that. Now I'm scared to order package, packages. And the thing about people I realize is, even though I live in a suburban area, I still I, I feel even more fearful than I did living on the west side. Of Yo, the what fucked me up about that whole thing is like motherfuckers who don't don't really go in suburban housing areas unless they live there. Otherwise, the other neighbors be on that shit. Right, and, and then and then you know, and I'm gonna tell you something even crazier than that. Like it took a while, for, you know, everybody to get used to me. Even when I first moved here, right, I was being, you know, I've been watched like a hawk, and. And then, you know, you can realize it, you know, and me and my uncle was talking about it. He don't realize it because he's he's older, so he's not viewed as a problem. Mm. You know what I'm saying? When you're still young, you're still viewed as an opponent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's the know. challenge but there, it's yeah. Just, it's, it's crazy, like this covert warfare. And, and I'm not saying this to the point to where, Oh, I dislike nobody. I just want people to realize what's going on. Like even my ex-wife, my ex-wife is white. Yep. Right. Um, good people though. She you know. didn't really. 
you know, she didn't even realize racism existed like that. It's like it's it's kind of like one of those, you know, it's a problem on a factor. So why care? Exactly. About right. Yeah. Right. Which is you know like which is true to a degree, but now that you know you you um married me right and we had a child together, so you know we have a child that's with her, and she need to realize, and I don't even think she's still to this day really. Mm. That she has a black child, mm, so right. to her family, she's going to be. And I'm not going to say my name. Uh, I'm not going to say my son's name, mm-hmm. Aaron. But he's going to be that to the family. But outside, because she lives in a small town, white area of Oklahoma. Outside of that, that little homestead mm-hmm. they live in, he's going to be looked at differently. Right. You know, so it's just. It's crazy. So it's like that can either go two ways, right? Right. That can either go to the way he becomes radical or he becomes so far or so like what he think he is, he becomes delusional. Mm. And he becomes like a Stacy dad. Okay, yeah, 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 right. Because I remember her little, yeah. You know, yeah, so she's, uh, I'm not black and all yeah. that stuff. And, until until I don't know if you've seen it when she got like arrested, yeah, and then she was shot to see that the the the, the police <laughs> report came like, out black woman, yeah, yeah, yeah. She was like, what, 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 what? what? No, I'm talking about, I'm not talking about the video of her getting arrested with her. Like, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, you know. you know the thing was, what she, I think she probably was a little drunk when that shit happened, but um, no, no, I'm just saying, but 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 I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm thinking, and then you know after it happened, she's like, hey, black people help me, but you know, you know. You know, like I said, you know, I've been, you know, I've been alive for 31 years and I've been through so many ups and downs, you know, and I've been, you know, living in nice places to living in. Like I said, I'm more comfortable in Detroit and that's weird. You know what? I'm a, I got the exact same sentiment and I'm happy as fuck. You just said that. And I'm going to tell you why. And it's because when I was growing up my whole life, in Detroit, I, me and you, we grew up in Detroit. We was always just that kid. You know what I'm saying? When we was younger, we was just a kid. And 17 years old, me and you, we left Detroit. And me and you, we was down in Florida chilling. We was down in Florida chilling. But now we had a different phenotype. We was the black kid. You know what I mean? Mm. And and like because Detroit was predominantly black and we carried on as black folk and like even though Detroit was dangerous, we still knew how to arouse the city. You know what I'm saying? We could get around this thing as safely as we wanted to, as long as we didn't get no bullshit and we said, all right, but can you control the outcome around some 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 non-blacks and that's what's scary about it from being a kid 17 years old in detroit a, a kid to being 17 years old in florida a black kid and like that's my thing about it. you know oh you know what oh man i got two more scenarios for you right right um i'm gonna I'm talk about a recent one and then i'm gonna talk about one from the past so recently i got a um uh, I got a white coworker or whatever, right? Um, you know, me and her don't get along or whatever. And she wanted to have a conversation with me, right? She pulled me aside with somebody. We had a conversation, right? After the conversation, she felt attacked. Mm. Like, you approach me with somebody to talk to me. How come we have a conversation? How come you, you, you feel attacked out of the conversation? So I told her that. I said, the thing about you is you like to play the victim, right? You saying that you walking eggshells around me. I got to walk, you know, eggshells around you because you might feel a certain type of way. And then that's how I feel like us as society. And then it takes me back to when I was a kid. I remember when I first really, you know, figured out, you know, racism. I think everybody had their their moment where racism hits them. Most people don't. I know a few people that haven't, uh, you know. But me, I'm going to tell you what, what, what happened to me. I was... Um, I like I was in high school. I was in high school. I was working for CompuWorld Corporations mm-hmm. downtown Detroit. Um, 
over there near the uh, campus marshal. Uh, right, mm-hmm. right over there by you know Hart Plaza yeah. and stuff. So I went home, and uh, I'll tell you more stories about me working at a corporation, a high school kid working at a corporation as an internship later on. But I, you know, uh, all right, I'm gonna touch on it a little bit. But so other high schools in Michigan send people there every year. Our high school sent, I want to say about a couple people out. I want to say Emerald was a part mm-hmm. of it as well. Um, but I got sent there. And I met a guy named Kyle. He was like, oh, yeah, my school sent people here all mm. year. So he's, he, and he's like, this is my third time being here. So he's been integrated quickly. I just got a taste. Right. And I think I think me being in programs like that and other stuff helped me get out of the city. But let me get back to the story at hand. And I really want to touch back on that later in a different episode. So I go home. You know, I, 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 you know, I'm feeling good. I got my tie on. I hop on the bus. You know, I got my tie on. I got my nice fancy shirt. I go home. Now I'm back on Linwood. I see a cow car go by. They wave. I wave. Go in the house. You know, at the time, I throw on my blue tall tee, you know, my little blue jean shorts, and my blue and white Air Force Ones. Put my little rubber band on my wrist. I walk outside. I go in the store. These same police officers. Pull me over, right? Wow. When I pulled me over, they told me to stop, right? I said, cool, I stopped. And they hopped out the car, and the guy automatically had his hand on his gun. He was like, freeze. So when he said freeze, and, you know, I know you was a cop, so tell me if, you know, how, how you know, I really want to hear how 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 you would have handled this situation. So he told me to freeze. Obviously, I'm scared, mm-hmm. right? So I fidget. I fidget a little bit, like, because I'm nervous. Like, freeze. I'm like, huh? And you know, it's like, it's like that after movement. I wasn't reaching for nothing. I just had my hands like in front of me and I like shook a little bit. Right. And he was like, I told you to freeze. And he put his gun to my head. Right. Mm. So. Give me a second. I don't really, I don't, you know, this is a story I really don't tell people. So he got his gun to my head. Right. Mm. And then he starts feeling like on my side. I had a, I had a next tail from the company. It was a copy where next mm-hmm. deal. So they took the company phone, tossed it on the ground, started going through my wallet. They seen, because we also went from Wayne State to there. So we had, we went to Wayne State to actually meet the, our representatives to take us there. So I had a Wayne State temporary student ID as a high schooler for the, um, sorry, <clears throat> for the um, internship. Then I had a copyright ID. Mm-hmm. So the cop was like, how did you get this copyright ID? He's just going through my stuff. And I was like, I just got for work. And I was like, I just seen you guys about 10 minutes ago. Nah. Um, uh, we thought you looked like somebody. Right? Mm. So as he's saying this, he's tossing the contents of my wallet onto the ground. Right? So he's tossing the contents. And my stuff is hitting the dirt as he's tossing it. Then he finally gets to the end of my wallet, tosses it. Then he was like, uh, looks at me. Then he's like, all right, uh, maybe you shouldn't walk around this neighborhood. I'm like, I live around. Mm. Like, what are you? So then he was like, and he started laughing. Then they got in the car and then pulled off. So I remember calling. I didn't call my mom. I didn't call. I remember calling my cousin Gary. And um, like I was crying, sitting on the, um, sitting on the curb. And then the um, and this is how cold my you know my cousin Gary is. This is this is the only thing he says to me. He says, "Welcome to the world." Mm. And hung up the phone. Damn man, it's like first I just want to just apologize for how police are, man, because I I'm not saying yeah, all. I'm, saying, I'm not saying because all. You, but see, I think- as a cop, man. And you even came with me when I jumped out on some people, you know? I hope I went that way with them, you know what I mean? See, see, see like, the difference between you is you actually, you walked up and you let the people react to you. Right. You know what I'm saying? Not saying that if a problem was arise, you wouldn't handle it. But you assessed the situation. So when the cops hopped out on me, obviously I'm a kid. Right. Preconceived notions, assuming I'm some type of dope boy, but everybody in that inner city is going to look the same. 
Um, you got street dudes and hood dudes all walking around. Yes. And for you to hop out and do a random, you look like a guy we're looking for. What is the guy looking like? Do you have any distinct features? Do you have a walk? You just say, I look like the guy. Everybody's going to look like mm-hmm. yeah, Everybody, like yeah, yeah. Uh, especially, like, let's just say to a white person. All black motherfuckers look like black motherfuckers. <laughs> I mean, you don't, you know, what I'm they don't know Sammy Davis Jr. from fucking Eddie Murphy. So, but see, you know what? I'm gonna tell you one more. It's, it's it, it goes even deeper than that. So, a year later, and this is I, I'm already I you know I accepted the fact, you know, things are the way it is. And the thing people don't realize is, you know, for a black kid, we know we're black. All mm-hmm. quick. a white kid, a white person can go through life. And be and be, you know, confused. Like I said, my ex-wife, she didn't really think about race until she got in the Navy. I thought about race at 12, walking around Walmart being fucked, mm. like 12, 11. So she didn't it didn't hit her until she was like 23. I'm in my preteens. Oh, okay. I, I know it's something different, but it didn't really hit me until I had that gun pointed at me. Right. <laughs> And another incident, right? And this this one's and I tell this uh I can't remember who was there. Uh I wanna say it was my brother, um, a guy we both know named Eric. We was mm-hmm. on Woodward. And um the cop pulled up on the side of us, and this is what he said. He said, uh, what you niggas getting into today? Mm. And I froze. I'm like, dang, it's like it's like you know, you hear about these things and, you know, people don't believe it. Like, America didn't believe, you know, cops was whooping niggas' ass until Rodney King. Mm-hmm. And, but now, but now, it's so, it happens so much, people are getting desensitized. Yes. And, 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 and I'm not saying that somebody, some of these people are provoking these officers. So I'm not one of those, every black guy to get his ass whooped, like, no, like no, some 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 people are fucking up. So I'm not one of those every person, but and you know, in some instances, I'm just saying, look, do your research and everything and really dig into the story. But he said that and then he pulled off. Right. Mm. So I just remember, you know, he, he cut down the street, we, we ran, and then I was so angry because now I already had the gun in my face. Now you say that. So now I'm the angry black. Mm. I picked up I picked up a rock and then I chucked it at the back of the police car. So now that one incident that people might not, you know, let's say if I got arrested mm-hmm. that day, they don't know what happened to me. You know, so now I got this anger that once he said it, that anger from the whole gun in my face incident boiled over inside of me. I just remember picking up the rock, tossing it at the back of the police car. Him hopping out saying, I'm about to kill y'all. We ran. <clears throat> we started cutting through the abandoned houses. And this is back in the day when my brother couldn't hop fences. <clears throat> he almost was caught. Luckily for him, it was some loose boards and he was able to squeeze through. He he probably would have been not here. Like it's just <clears throat> but that anger in me, and that was my fault. I put us in that situation. And I should have just kind of just walked away with the anger in me built up. And then I got mad. But you know, if I tell this story. People don't believe. Mm. It. Wow, powerful. You know powerful. what I'm saying. And, and then I even got more deeper stories that we can probably do a part two. That's a little more where you know where where I was actually assaulted by a police officer, and nobody believed. Man, we right? we we definitely. I mean, when, when you want to lay that one out, we gonna lay that one out. You know, we gonna lay that one out. You know, yeah. and but you know, th- but dig this. You know what I'm saying. Here's what I hate is if I would if like to not believe me telling a story of that magnitude is one thing, but for 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 someone of the opposite race to hear the story and just think that these things don't happen, that's what really grinds the gear for me. Because you have uh, uh, Caucasians who will say that there is no such thing as racism. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? I actually had a person tell me that he's like, Cook, man, and this is uh on my first ship. Mm-hmm. He was from uh I uh no, Utah. 
Wow. Yeah, <laughs> that, bro, that's about as hey, white as he gets. But go ahead. Yo, yo, he said, and this is what he said to me. And we had a long conversation. He was like, Cook, we all started to race the same. I don't know why some here. And then he tried to point the. He's like, well, you, he, he was like, you're here. I'm here. But I said, see, the difference is I had to break it down for him. I said, um, you know, you already told me like your dad owns a whole bunch of businesses, right? You're doing this. You can, I'm like, like, I'm like, you can fail and still be good, right? Yeah. I looked at him. I said, failure is not an option. Mm. I don't have a safety blanket. And I was like, what you don't realize is you started off the race with an advantage. Mm. His daddy right. probably started off with an advantage. Cool. Yeah. But see, but uh, exactly. And I ain't saying all, but I'm just saying in most cases. And then even if you don't start an advantage, just being you, you might meet somebody and they can, you know, push you ahead. You, right? you know, and, I mean, right? they, they all start off with advantage, bro. They all start, and their advantage is their white skin. And the thing is, there is, well, the black skin is an intimidation factor. You know what I'm saying? It's an intim- exactly. So, listen, bro. Is that so? Take you back to that conversation I had with that coworker. By me talking, everything I said to her was aggressive. Mm. Right? We having a conversation. I could be passionate about me saying something. It's not looked at as passion. It's looked at as, as aggression. Right. So it's like everything we do, like like you know. If you put us in these, you know, kind of corporate or and or work situations, we have to be either the super nice guy. The minute we get mad or we want to express ourselves, it's looked at as an uh, aggressive or he's trying to run at me. It's like you and then that's and that's where people lose their edge. You know, that's where people years later, people like, man, what's wrong with that guy? He's not he's not going after that promotion or he's not saying anything in the board meeting. Because y'all, the edge been killed out of him. The minute he tries right. to step up and say something, he's looked at as, oh, oh, why is he getting yeah, all he like defen- that? The like, defensive you know, rebel, you know. Oh man, it's just, it's just, it's just something else. But the, like the one thing I want to say about you is, man, and you know, I know, I know you had a, a controversial moment, yeah. but like. When I was with you, the like the cop you were, you, you was fair. Even the guys you pulled over that had drugs on them, you know they had yeah. drugs on them. You just told them to go home. Yeah. Like even that, you pulled over a guy that didn't have his uh right. else together. You just wanted to know about this and that. Then you let him go. But the guy, the one guy you pulled over, as you walked to the car, he already started yelling at you, and then he wondered why. People wonder why they going to jail. You walking up to the car, or or, or we're walking up to the car, um, and he's like, "Man, why y'all pull me over?" <laughs> yeah, he's in that. Hi, yeah, hi, hi. yeah. Ooh. He was frustrated because I you pulled ain't... him over. Yeah, they they all be though. Yeah, you a punk anyway, and then wonder why why you pulling me to the car? Grab my cell phone. And I'm not saying some people are getting, and and this is where I want people getting confused. All I'm saying is. You can't be 100% on one side or 100% on the other side. Mm. I'm to the point to where I want to look at what happened and everything else. I'm one of those people. I'm in the middle. You know, I can see stuff from boy, uh, you know, both point of views. That's where I want right. to be because I want the truth. I don't want to just stand somewhere because I'm this and stand somewhere because I'm that. But the one thing I can't say, the, you know what I'm saying, the fucking undercover racism is there. Because I experienced it. Yeah. Oh, I shit, experienced man. it. You know, and so many them, them was some extreme scenarios. And man, that's whew. And that, you know, you weren't the first person that day <laughs> that they called a nigga, or, and even the one before that, the ones who jumped up to him the gun. So that, that just goes to show you that throughout America, on a daily basis, this wasn't the first time them cops did that to a black person. They had, they had, they were so comfortable in doing this. They did it numerous times. But see, you know what? And then, you know, and then, and then that's why people need to, you know, police their own communities, like they did back in the day. And this is something we previously, previously yeah, talked about because if if I'm Eric and and like I'm living in like Ann Arbor, let's just say, and I'm working in Detroit. I don't care about that community. Mm, right. Exactly. That's the exact it's, yeah. It's a it's a job. Exactly. So 
So it's a difference between Eric pulling you over and then Naeem yes. pulling you over. Because Naeem, Naeem lives down the street. Naeem actually lives in a community. So he's like, hey, man, what's right. going on? Really? And then, and then people might respond better to Naeem. Some mm-hmm. people won't. But some people will. But then once people like, oh, shoot, he, he lives in his neighborhood. Just like when you went to the stores, I, I seen people, hey, what's going on? Or hey, what's... Like, it's just, you are a part of the right. community. Right. And I, I agree. So if I'm not I agree 100% with that, yeah. Why would I care? I agree 100% with that. You know, and I don't know why we allow that, but you know, um, the the uh, whoever you whoever is in charge of Detroit police right now, I don't know that man, but um, he allows that because he's not really one of these people. You know, what I mean, I don't know what agenda he got going on, what 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 persuades him. Um, I don't know if he got uh uh, uh a lot of whitewashing going on behind where he's from, or a lot of. Uh, uh, or he's swaying towards the LGBTQPR. I don't know, but the man you got in charge of the Detroit police now ain't the um. He's not the backbone. He's not. He's not the. He's not the essence of the man you need to enforce the law. He's more politician. So you are gonna get that. And a lot of times, what he don't see is that there is a mentality. When it comes to actual um, structure in a civilization, there is a mentality that that is often challenged nowadays more than it was in the past. And that is that um, the 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 masculinity is not prized as it was before. Masculinity nowadays is considered toxic. You know, you know what? Yo, that's something we're gonna have to get into that one completely. That's that's a whole different, that's a whole different subject matter. But the one thing I want to say to you is, man, that's that's one of the reasons I wanted to go on a ride along with you. You know, I seen what happened, and you know, I remember after it happened, I reached right. out to you, and, and and I and and I already know you said other people was hitting you up on a negative, but I was sitting there, I was like, I want to see what happened before. You can show me a part of a video, but I don't tell us the whole story. Right. Right. You well, know you know, but you know, like, you know, but but like I said, for one, I knew that one of you, and I went out with you, and you you weren't that guy right. at all. You know what I'm saying? You're actually you worried about. I'm even one of the guys you pulled over. He was like, "Oh man, what's going on, man?" He's like, "Look, what's up?" Buddy? You, right. You know what I'm saying? But like, you was so you did your job, but then at the end of the day, you realize it's a holiday time. So you wasn't as right. forceful, you know what I'm saying? And then, you know, you don't realize that that could have made somebody day or like with those kids yeah. that had the drugs on them, one of their friends could have got scared straight. It's like, no, nah, I don't want to do this no more. Now he back in school, well, not currently, but he back in school and uh, he's like, man, you know what? This ain't what right. I want to do. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. Them motherfuckers, they was reaching, bro. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. But, uh, right. Uh, right. And then you know, you know, so so um, I'm gonna talk about a story of what happened to me when I got arrested. That 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 um, changed over things for me. But I'll go ahead. I'll let you uh, close it out. Man. You know what? Go ahead. Hit us with the story. Oh, man. Okay. Um, which one do I want to get into? Okay, I get into the the very first time I got arrested. Mm-hmm. Right. And I was, I was, I was on the block in Linwood, and I, and I, and I ain't gonna say the names of the people. So we was gonna just do a regular snatch mm. and grab, right? Go in there, snatch a couple bag of chips, run right. out, right? So we get to the gas station, then we huddle by the gas station talking. And mind you, these are all incidents that happened, you know, after the gun thing. I went off. I became. Uh, a rebel, like, you don't care about me, I don't care about you, and now I took my energy and put it in other places, but then my energy was put in a negative mm-hmm. way, right? So, we standing outside the, um, you know, gas station, we finally go in, right? I snatched, like, a couple bags of chips, honey buns, and some Rice Krispie treats. I'm ready to go. Then it turns into an actual <laughs> robbery. Oh, wow. the, the one of the dudes I was with one of the dudes, like, you know, we we, like, we went in there on three. This other dude turned it up to ten. 
Next thing you know, a gun gets pulled out. He like, yeah, money out the register. Now I'm standing there. I'm like, no. <laughs> Where did this turn into? Right? I'd have had to run, dog. Exactly, right? So, boom, we running. Tell me why the guy with the money, right? And he's so smooth. And tell me, if, as a cop, like, would you notice this or not? So, we running. The cops show up because there's a lady. She was suspicious. We huddled up by the gas station, as she should be. Call the cops. Boom. Cops there. Record mm. time, right? We run. And the dude with the money stops and starts walking. The cops run right past him. That's a smart and dude. And... <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> so he just started walking. So I'm running. I remember, and this is this is before I was on track and everything else. I didn't have no stamina. I was fast, but not. So I'm running. I'm getting tired. I toss my honey bun bag. <laughs> like I'm watching too many movies. He looking no. right at me. He looking right at me. I toss it. It bounces off the garage and it hit the ground. All right. So I got a, I got on a tall tee. I'm running, hit the alley, hop the fence. My tall tee gets caught on the fence. So now I'm hanging there like a girl on a rack. <laughs> the cop gets, he's breathing hard. Like he was like, ah, ah, I love these shirts. <laughs> you know how I many people, as he, so as I'm hanging there, he's giving me a speech before he starts moving my ass. So he's like, the way y'all clothes, baggy pants. It makes it so much easier. My arrest record has actually went up. Then he proceeds to take the night stick to my stomach and then stump me out. What saved me was this black officer. He comes back there. Everybody clears. He picks me up and he's like, I just saved your fucking life. Mm. Right? So as I'm getting brought out in handcuffs, people on the porch clapping. It's like, it wasn't that many people outside, but still. All I hear is, Clean our streets. Wow. I'm like, oh my God. So, and the fear in me is on a thousand. I'm thinking, like, my mom, what is she going to think? And so they throw me in the back of the car and I had my cell phone. So as we driving, I'm dialing. I ain't dialing my mom. I dial my friend's mom. I'm mm. like, yo, they like it. So my friend answers. He's like, bro, did you get away? We at the house. I'm like, I'm in the back. And then all I hear is, I know him. And then the cop went back there. Man. <laughs> Punched me dead in my stomach. And then took my phone. And then I oh no, I remember I remember the ride like it was yesterday. We drive into the police station. It's the one off uh that was it's not I'm not sure if it's open now, the one off living noise. So we yeah. like we driving up Linwood and I remember the cop pulled next 12th to 12th precinct. Um Yes, but the guy pulled next to a guy from my previous story with King. He was a young guy here stealing cars. And, you know, the police officer was like, hey, man, you old enough to drive? He's like, yeah. He's like, you lucky we got this person in the back. Otherwise, I'll I check you. So they kept driving. I remember driving down Davidson. Uh, you know, like, uh, we pulled up to the precinct. And I'm just like, man, like, <sighs> so, like, uh, like, uh, we get there, and, you know, they handcuff me to the stairwell, right? Luckily for me, mm-hmm. and this is a whole nother story, one of the cops that came out worked at a off-the-books card game spot somewhere in Detroit. And he knew my mom. Mm. My mom used to go there. And serve drinks, and I must tell the story deeper on that. Mm. As me, as, as me uh, yeah, like, like I, I got a, <laughs> okay. I got a colorful past, and and then, I, I see you're oh, looking you forward to that one. <laughs> looking forward to that. That's why I am the way I am with females, because I was like, you know, seven, eight years old, seeing strippers dance to like Luke, and two live crew. But I'm gonna get into that mm. later. I'm gonna get into that later. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's wild. as wild. But you know, if 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 the fans know us, they know we was the youngest to do it uh, in the strip club. We was in that bitch on a school night. uh, (laughs) So the cops. So my mom comes there, right? And the first thing she do was come over and start whooping my ass. 
the cops pulled her off. I was like, well, damn, maybe maybe we should give them to his mom. They laughing. I'm, I'm pure embarrassment, right? So they finally let me go because the cop that know my mom let me go and didn't put this on my record, right? And this is the stuff mm. that happens in the suburbs, right? So he took my arrest record and got rid of it. Right. He was like, you know what? He's young, and he was like, and then, and then he 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 like he got it. He was like, I think it was just a snatch and grab, uh, that turned into something else. I don't think he was actually part of the actual robbery aspect. He was just there. He's like, he <clears> looked <throat> at his bag. Dude had honey buns, rice crispy treats, and I had those uh. Those little uh, those, those uh, Twizzlers, like the juicy Twizzlers, had the green apple joints. So you know, yeah. Okay, yeah, <laughs> them bitches were worth no, taking. Man, so <laughs> them was good. Yeah, with the red, the green on the outside, red on the inside. Yeah. With that, these are the 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 things that other people get that we we usually don't get. So it could have went a different way. I could have had a record right then and there. Like my ex wife. Used to speed in her county in Oklahoma, get pulled over all the time by the people in her mm. own neighborhood, right? Um, they'll pull her over and be like, Why are you speeding? Mm. She didn't let her go. She even crashed her car into somebody's house one day, right. and nothing happened. You know? Wow. And you know what? Fuck it. I got one more. Wow. This, is, this is one more story, right? And this happened to me while I was married. Um, I was in Fallon, Nevada, right? And this is why I feel the way I do about covert and overt racism and stuff. And people, you know, say this stuff don't happen. It does. I was married. I was married to my ex, who, mm-hmm. like, again, is a is a white girl. Um, one day, me and her in the house, we play fighting. My son hits the phone and calls the cops, right? So the police arrived. Mm-hmm. I answered the door. Um, I explained to them what happened. I was like, oh, there's no emergency here, blah, blah, blah. So then they 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 bought to leave. My ex-wife walks by the door. Then I get a, hey, can you step outside for a second? I said, all right. And then I get put in cuffs. Then I get escorted downstairs mm-hmm. while one of the officers was like, all right, hey, are you okay? She's like, yeah, I'm fine. What do you guys do with my husband? He's like, so then they waited to got me down further down the stairs. And then like, all right, are you okay? She's like, so she's yelling, wants the badge number. She's flipping out. And I'm I'm telling her to calm down. Then the cop telling me to shut the fuck up. Mm. Mm. You know. Wow. The reason I'm telling her to calm down, wow. one, our son is in the house. And I know how these things can go left. Right? So they got me sitting against my car. Mm-hmm. And she's sitting there, you know, going off. Finally, she looks at me and I, I she finally calms down because I got the, the neighbor below us who I found out later was the old, old lady, sweet, sweet old white lady. She did weed all the time. So she was just paranoid because she was in there eating her weed brownies. Well, I found mm-hmm. that out later on. But at the time, I look up and she's looking at me in handcuffs and now I'm feeling even more a type of way. Because now I got neighbors looking out their windows and all they see is my wife going off at the top of the stairs. They see me handcuffed at the down, you know, down part of the steps or downstairs. Like, it don't look good if if you just a peeping right. neighbor. So finally they let me go and we go back upstairs and, you know, she looked at me and was like, do this stuff really happen? I'm like, yeah. Yeah. But, you know. Um, wow. This is, you know, it's something serious to me, man. And, you know, just like I said with my Amazon package, that happened this week. Bro, this shit is ridiculous in this world, bro. And that's why I support Pan-Africanism. And the second I get my bachelor's degree, I'm about to grab the villa out in Africa. Hey, you welcome right. to come out there, bro. Come on, come on. I'm gonna, I'm gonna grab, I'm gonna grab a, I'm gonna grab a small little piece of neighborhood when I get my bachelor's degree in engineering and uh, 
Mm-hmm. One of them houses is gonna be yours, bro. We out. I, I don't. I, hey, hey, America. I don't. <laughs> no, nah, man. We got. <laughs> I don't fuck with America. I don't fuck with America oh, or, or orange nah, things. This is, this is you know what I'm saying? Part one. Um, it's a lot more I can get into. Um, I have a lot more experiences, as do my co-host. He probably it's a lot that he he don't want to say right now, but uh, it's 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 a lot. Um. Without a doubt, I'm a, I'm gonna air it out in due time, and when I do, it's, it's, it's gonna be. Let's just say this: I've been protecting y'all because I was a cop, but don't think for one second I won't <laughs> dump this bag out on the table. But yeah, um, yeah <laughs> you know, man, you know, like we always say before, man. Um, thank you guys for listening to Detroit International. Uh, if you guys got something y'all want to talk about or possibly be a guest. You can reach out to me on any social media platform, Facebook, Instagram, and uh, Marcus Mr. International. You can find me there. And if you want to just talk some, you know, talk about something or, or, or like even give topics, you know, let us know. For sure.